Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and $15,000 a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. All right, we are here with an instant reaction podcast. Miami loses the pinstripe bowl to Rutgers, 31 to 24. David Lake here to talk about it. Um, look, I think it was no secret going into the game that this was going to be a, a game that was about blocking and tackling. Uh, also things like turnovers and special teams uh, were going to play a key role. And Quite frankly, Miami lost the game in, in all of those phases. Uh, let's start with the tackling. Uh, Rutgers was a one-dimensional offense. We knew that coming into the game. They ran for 208 yards and three touchdowns on 45 carries. Running back Kyle Manungay ran for 163 yards and one touchdown. Poor tackling in the first quarter and fourth quarter in particular. Uh, couldn't wrap up Manungai, who is a very good contact uh, balance running back. Uh, but there was just too many instances where he was bouncing off Miami tacklers, reversing field and, and generating some explosives in that way. Uh, quite frankly, you know, Miami let a one-dimensional offense beat them. Uh, their quarterback, Gavin Wimsett, went 7 of 15 for 84 yards passing. So... Tackling phase, not where it needed to be. Blocking, uh, Miami really missed their center, Matt Lee, and their left guard, Javian Cohen, with both those guys moving on to the NFL draft. Um, kind of inconsistent performances from Lou Cristobal and Matthew McCoy, who are rotating in and out at times. Ryan Rodriguez at center uh, was was okay. Had some inconsistent snaps with some high snaps at times. Um and uh, with the communication and blocking assignments at times too. Uh, Miami ran for 130 yards and two touchdowns on 32 carries. Quarterback Jakari Brown ran it for 15 times, uh, ran it 15 times for 57 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, amongst the running backs, Henry Parrish, 46 yards on 11 carries. Mark Fletcher, unfortunately, um, a injury development early in that game. Lower extremity injury looked kind of like a non-contact type of injury. 
when he was planting soon after receiving the ball, and then he hopped on one leg to gain two yards on the run, didn't return, was helped off the field, was carted back into the locker room. Um, you know, hopefully it's not too serious, but it didn't look good, those non-contact injuries. So we'll, we'll wait and see what the outlook is for Mark Fletcher going into an important offseason. From a turnover standpoint, Miami lost that battle 1-0 to zero, uh, with a bad pick by Jakari Brown, I believe, in the second quarter. Um, at midfield, just didn't see an, an, an underneath defender dropping back into a zone, and Jakari threw it right to him. Rutgers went on to score a touchdown, made Miami pay uh, on that turnover with a short field. Um, special teams-wise, Rutgers blocked a punt in the third quarter. Miami was winning the game at that point. Kind of looked like they were uh, getting some momentum going. Miami had a 21-17 lead at that point in the game, and uh, Rutgers blocked a punt. Just a, a jailbreak, a jailbreak of a rush for Rutgers. Poor protection and communication from the shield, and also just blocking up front on the line of scrimmage. It just seemed like. Miami was or Rutgers was sending more rushers than Miami had blockers and so it, it worked out pretty easily they blocked the punt in the end zone it was recovered so touchdown Rutgers took a 24-21 lead and from that point on they kind of controlled the game that play really swung things in Rutgers favor and Miami could never really get back on track so again blocking and tackling Miami lost the game Turnovers, Miami lost the game. Special teams had a huge momentum swinging play uh, in Rutgers' favor. And that was essentially the game. Let's talk about Jakari Brown's performance. Um, finished the day going 20 of 31 for 181 yards, one touchdown, one interception. He also ran for 57 yards and two touchdowns. You know, look, I think there was some ups and downs, but overall, I do think you could see his progress year over year. Uh, you know, he, he did not take any snaps here in this 2023 season as he took a redshirt year. Uh, the last time we really saw him in, in the entire game was against Georgia Tech last year. And I think you could see the progress Jakari has made as a passer. Now, he is not a finished product. He is still a developing passer, and there is still a ways to go. But I think if you go back and watch the Georgia Tech game, and then you watch this game, you can see the ways he has improved as a passer. He threw three dimes in particular in this game. Unfortunately, two of them didn't really count on the stat sheet. Um, he opened the game, first throw of the game was a beautiful throw on a post route, deep post to Jacoby George. It was dropped in a weird, nonchalant kind of way. That ball, if it was completed, if, if George catches it, might go for a touchdown. It would have been a massive gain nonetheless. So that was disappointing uh, that that ball was not reeled in. The second dime that Jakari threw was a ball to Xavier Restrepo. Kind of like a back shoulder-ish type of throw right before halftime. Uh, Restrepo caught it, but it was ruled, they ruled it a touchdown. But after review, 
uh, it was ruled that he was out of bounds by a butt cheek. So that play, unfortunately, did not count either. And then the third dime was a 30-yard strike that was a touchdown. Uh, Jakari was kind of on the opposite hash, just let it rip uh, on kind of a corner route to Restrepo. And very nice, very nice throw. So, look, those were the good throws. There was certainly some some tough moments, too, by Jakari. You would like to see his layups uh, be layups, if that makes sense. You would like to see him complete some of the easier passes with better accuracy. But overall, I do think it's fair to say as the game progressed, he got more comfortable. And you can see what he can be with more reps, um, and more development in the future. I think you can see his pocket presence is still developing. There's still a ways to go, but I think he's more comfortable working in the pocket this year than he showed last year. Uh, The short and intermediate throws, again, needs to keep improving. Um, And look, I've always kind of viewed Jakari as a guy that can potentially be the starter in 2025, and and this performance doesn't dissuade my opinion in that regard, Uh, but he does need to keep working and keep improving. Personally, I I hope he sticks it out at Miami and keeps working over the course of this next year. Of course, the transfer portal is is always a thing in modern football, but um, I don't know if Jakari has necessarily made a decision in that regard. Again, I hope he sticks it out, keeps developing at Miami, and maximizes his potential at Miami, competes for the job in 2025. you know, we, we talked about Jacoby George's drop on play number one. Overall, jo- Jacoby had a tough game. Um, just some silly penalties that he needs to eliminate from his game. And um, again, just kind of nonchalant type of sleepiness too at times. Um, so overall, Jacoby did take a step forward this year, but just needs to step up in terms of his maturity and kind of know where to toe the line with his aggressiveness, um, et cetera. Defensively, you know, look, I, you know, we talked about the tackling and how Rutgers was just a one-dimensional offense, just running the ball. And Miami really had no consistent answers in that regard. And look, I think it's fair to say, I mean, this is just how it is in modern college football, but Miami missed a lot of the players that opted out. Leonard Taylor up front, you know, he, I think it's fair to say maybe he underachieves relative to his talent level, but he is an important piece when it comes to stopping the run because he he is an active defensive tackle that can um, affect a play. I think as well, you know, this year they were rotational players, but Chance Williams, Jafari Harvey opted out, entered the transfer portal. Uh, I think they're veteran guys that, you know, have experience, know how to set the edge consistently at that defensive end spot. I think it's fair to say those guys were missed in that regard. Corey Flagg, um, you know, backup middle linebacker that started some too. Decent in the box middle linebacker that can help stop the run. And then, of course, the safeties, Cam Kitchens, James Williams can roll roll into the box and, and help stop the run as well. So, just a lot of key pieces missing. Maybe I undersold that. Um, at least I feel that way. Having watched the Rutgers game, you know, maybe discounting the importance of 
that amount of bodies just being pulled off a too deep depth chart and uh, who then would have to be thrust into action. Uh, again, tack overall, defense wasn't good enough. Tackling wasn't good enough. But I do think Kiko Maui Noah did his thing, 12 tackles. And uh, for the most part, Ruben Bain made his presence known. I, I believe he finished the game with three tackles for loss. Uh, but there were some moments even where Ruben Bain had some struggles um, containing the run. We'll get out of here on this. You know, look, totality of the season, Miami goes 7-6 and six in year two of this Mario Cristobal regime. And uh, just, you know, off-the-cuff thoughts on that. You know, look, I think there's no doubt that the talent is improving. Mario Cristobal is one of the best in the business at talent acquisition. And there's no doubt that I believe that is the most important thing in college football. College football is a talent acquisition game. Um, And Mario Cristobal is improving that aspect of the program. There is no doubt about that. And I like where things are at from a trajectory standpoint um, when you're thinking about the future and the players that Mario Cristobal is bringing in. So that's number one. I still feel good about the trajectory of the program. But I do think it's fair to say that the results of these first two years of Mario Cristobal have been underachieving results relative to the talent. I think it's fair to say last year's team was better marginally than a 5-7 and seven team. I think it's fair to say this year's team is, I would argue, much better than a 7-6 and six team. To me, you know, when fully healthy, not this bowl game team, but to me, this team should have won eight or nine games this year. And uh, to fall short, in my opinion, two years in a row, um, it's, it's time to maximize your potential in 2024. 2024, it's going to be majority Mario Cristobal guys. Um, no more underachieving is, you know, should be tolerated. And it's going to be time to win nine or ten games. So let's see who Miami can add in the transfer portal. The portal's still open. We all know Miami's still chasing a, a transfer portal quarterback to come in and, and elevate things. Um, that, of course, will play a big role in determining the season for this 2024 Hurricanes team that I do think is improving in terms of the talent. I think the ACC is going to be wide open in 2024. Um, But you cannot underachieve anymore relative to your talent, no matter what it is, because the talent these first two years have not been good enough. I am not going to push back on that, but they should be winning more than they have won. So let's see how, how Miami closes things out here in the portal in this winter window and how things develop in the spring. The roster is getting there. It's not there yet, but it is getting there, and um, it's time to deliver results. So we'll sign off on that. Tough game. Really would have been nice to see Mario Cristobal win a bowl game, which has been something that's eluded Miami here for, you know, generally speaking, the past 15 years or so. Didn't get that done, but uh, again, I do think in a big picture sense, in a macro sense, things are on the right trajectory. Um, so let's th- let's see how things go in 2024. We'll sign off on that. Going to take a little vacation here, so unless some huge, massive news breaks here uh, before the new year, probably won't have another podcast 
until 2024. So appreciate everyone for listening. Thanks for uh, joining us on this journey here in 2023 and uh, onward to 2024. Till next time, take care.